0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, we're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is emotional management. Look, we all have issues. We all struggle. We all go through tough times. We're going through a tough time now, but you don't have to go through it alone. I'm here for you. 866-391-1020 is the number. And speaking of which, let's go to uh, Roy uh roy you're on emotional management
1: hey Doc. where are you calling uh, from
0: roy oh. where are you calling from new from? jersey new jersey good to see you what's going on
1: yeah thanks uh, thanks a lot Doc. i just wanted to call in just to you know express uh, uh gratitude and uh discuss one of your stories i think could help out uh, you know thanks for you know for the show thanks for taking the call um you know, I see it's the KDKA 100-year uh, birthday. Uh, you know, you think about all the people that were part of the 100 years, and uh, you'd think a show like this would make people proud, you know, of having you know having. The Man, thank you. That
0: means a lot. That, that means a lot because I actually, when I go through the studio, and, you know, I'm, I'm recording from home tonight, but when I go through the studio and I see that history, uh, to be honest, like I just feel so humble that they like you know invited me to do a show on here because I'm just like wow this is a part of something phenomenal.
1: Yeah, you know they have the commercials, you know, uh, either after the show or during the show, and it dates back to time saying this moment in history and it's just a you know blast from the past even before when I was born. But you think people who put up the antenna, who built that studio you know, a show like this in this time, you know, you know, everyone would be really proud. So I just want to, you know, call in regards to that and thankful for all the callers like, you know, Amy, who called in before the people write in, you know, it's just, you know, helpful, you know, to give you a background of, you know, what I have. I have anxiety, you know, been on different medications, on and off, now back on, Um but you know during that you know some of that time I came across your work on uh, YouTube specifically in regards to uh, anxiety and anger management and it's really really uh, uh, helped me out and one of the common messages that I see in you know your comments section is that uh, people comment on your work is you know they really wish I would have found you sooner to help out so you know I'm calling to give you you know thanks and you're doing great work but also you know, for the listeners or callers that, you know, uh, you know, this is something special over here and it could really help you out.
0: Man, Roy, I appreciate this so much. Like, that means a lot to me. My wife actually told me earlier in the week about accepting compliments and, and you know, because I kind of downplay stuff. I'm like, all right, well, let me work mm-hmm. on who I didn't reach tonight. You know, like I, I was in the prison recently and I was doing some work and there was a guy who just, I just didn't connect with. And the only thing that was on my mind was how I could get to this guy and how I could help him because I felt like he was suffering. Um, but I kind of like I really identify with the stuff you're talking about, because I definitely struggle with anxiety myself. And it's not, you know, I think it's important for us to reckon. Like, I love strong men that are able to say that, because the truth is it's neurological. Like there's nothing that we're doing wrong. It's just, it's simply, it's neurological. And when you learn about it, you go, oh yeah, there's nothing, like, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just my neurons are firing differently and I'm struggling with some anxiety. Um, and I need to learn how to deal with that and channel that. Otherwise it's going to obviously manifest in things like anger. Um, so I love that mm-hmm. you're pursuing that you're recognizing it. That speaks volumes yeah. about you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I just really want to, you know, help out because I, you know, there's people listening that, you know, what has helped me. You know, your, you know, your videos, you know, tweets, podcasts, your books. You're an awesome writer. You know, really awesome. And you know, a lot of it is, you know, could help anybody in need. I think you're one of the best doctors out there, you know, in the world. And it's a lot of, you know, conscious, heartfelt education that you're. That, uh, uh, that you're uh, giving out. And, uh, you know, with everything going on, I'm in the high risk group, you know, with this virus going on, you know, okay. and just like a- Amy said with the future, you know, of, uh, of uh, you know, jobs out there, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, day by day, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with uh, uh, mine's mind. But uh, one thing I did, I just wanted to do was, uh, you know, because basically you helped me out so much, you, you don't realize it, is I made a donation to a charity in your name
0: um oh man uh, Roy, that's freaking amazing that's awesome man thank you
1: yeah no no problem it's uh you know one of the charities is called the travis roy foundation and they help people with uh spinal cord injuries travis roy is someone i looked up to and they have um they have one of their fundraisers every year it's in vermont and they have all these uh uh wiffle ball fields and it's baseball themed parks and they have a personalized uh uh, bricks brick layout in between uh, where you can write a message and i, I wrote this for you doc it says uh, dr conti and family thank you for helping uh, so many people uh, hashtag much peace and then i have your twitter twitter handle at dr underscore conti because i just want man. to help me out so much man
0: thank you so much my man i appreciate that tremendously i'm going to look into that um foundation i i actually would love for you to get with our producer to get my personal email so i can get in contact with you so i can get more information because maybe i could help spread the word about that foundation um and get it out there
1: yeah and i'll send you a picture of what the brick looks like it's uh you know i've got one in the past also and it's just uh you know, he does a lot of work. If, if, if I have time, if I can just discuss one of your stories, if you have time in your life definitely lessons.
0: Definitely, I do. I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah,
1: you have in your life lessons book, uh, it's it's a really good with multiple uh, concepts in it. You are not alone. Mm. You know, it says there's, you know, 7 billion people on the planet and, you know, at any given time. You know, there could be 100 millions of people feeling the way you do. And I'm wondering if you can discuss that and discuss the, the meditation practice that you have in there,
0: the tunneling. Yes, definitely. So I, so first of all, that's a concept. I was actually meditating when that thought came to me. So I, I almost don't take credit for it. I feel like the universe gave that to me. I was in a space of quietness and all of a sudden it hit me, um, this thought that I had read that, you know, they kind of thought there were seven primary emotions, but then some researchers came out and said, well, man, I think there are actually four. And then I was sitting there and and again, it wasn't a conscious thought, but when I came out of it, I kind of hurried up and wrote that, which was, think about this. If there are 7 billion plus people on the planet and only four primary emotions and there are visions of each of them, then ultimately in every given moment, there are statistically speaking, millions of people who are feeling exactly how you're feeling. And this put things in perspective because... Let's say with something you and I have both personally disclosed, we struggle with anxiety. There are moments when we're struggling with that anxiety that we say, no one else can understand this. People can't understand the intensity that I'm feeling in this moment. But the truth is, there are millions of people, even in that exact second, who are also saying, wow, I'm, I'm actually also struggling with some degree of anxiety myself. Um, so to me, that, that brought us together. That, that, that was a kind of – I was always influenced by the poet John Donne, who wrote a poem called No Man is an Island. And uh, he actually wrote that when he was really sick, and he was on death's bed himself. Um, and he thought about this. Like, we're, he, he, There's a line um, – gosh, it's been years since I recited this one. Um, no man is an island. Every man is a part of the continent – a piece of the continent, a part of the main – If a clod be washed away, Europe is the less, as if a promontory were. That's about the extent that I can remember. But the point was, if any little piece of Europe goes away, Europe is less. And the same is true with all of us. When one person dies, and this was his point of his poem, don't send for whom the bell tolls, because it it tolls for you. It It tolls for thee. In other words, every time we're seeing people suffer, we're also suffering. So when you have anxiety... Uh, Roy, I do too, and when I have it, you have it, and so when we recognize that, there's almost like a okay, we're together in this, but we got we got each other. We're in this together, and I think that's important.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that, you know, thanks so much. In that in your in that story you wrote, you have the the tunnel, and it says you know the meditation where you you know you look at breathing in the pain and suffering of others, and uh, breathing out a healing bomb uh you know one thing that you mentioned in the story is that you know amazing byproduct of focusing on others is that in doing so you'll less focus on your own emotional pain which you know is you know you, you know it's a, it's amazing byproduct like you said it's really eye opening
0: on that. Well, so I know that we're. I know that I'm up against a break. I'm, I promise I will talk yeah. about Tonglin coming right up. I can't okay. thank you enough for your call. I can't thank you enough for your words. Yeah. I appreciate what you did with the brick. Um, like I said, please yeah. jump on with our producer because I want you to have my personal email so you and I can connect after this. Thank you so much, Roy. As always, I'm wishing you much peace. Hey, to every listener out there, if you want to be a part of this show, the number is 1020 three nine one ten twenty. I'm Doctor Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Uh, Listen, I wait till the drum kicks in. Maybe it's not even a drum. (laughs) I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I'm not musically talented in any way, shape, or form. However, I do love to play the guitar, which is neither here nor there. What is here is actually an opportunity for you to call in the show. If you're struggling in any way, shape, or form, I would love to hear from you if I can in any way be of help. The number is 866 391 1020. That's 866 391 1020. I think I probably had one of the uh, most humbling and most uh, you know energizing calls of my life from Roy here a minute ago. So, Roy, thank you so much. I, I definitely also really appreciate Amy calling in earlier. Like, my heart goes out to Amy, what she's going through. I know there are so many people struggling in different ways. For instance, I remember my wife and I went to a local gym and we would go there and there were a couple people who were senior citizens who would go there and they would really enjoy their time. They would enjoy speaking to people. They would enjoy interacting socially. We remember speaking to one gentleman who was like, man, listen, I need this. This really helps me. And, uh, and, you know, he kind of came into my wife's uh, mind today and she said, you know, I wonder how he's doing because there are so many people out there who aren't able to get to places where they're able to interact with others and feel a little bit of a sense of comfort, a little bit of a sense of routine and, and daily just normal functioning. So, listen, if you're in that spot, if you're struggling, please Give me a call, 866-391-1020. But even if you just want to listen tonight, that's beautiful. Listen, I want to reach into your heart, even if you want to just listen tonight. So I want to bring up a point that Roy brought up, which is a meditation I teach. I talk about it in uh, my book, Walking Through Anger. Uh, I think I actually touch on it in my uh, life lessons book as well. But it's called Tong Lin. Fancy name. Let's forget the name. Here's the concept. The concept is this. Imagine, imagine this. Now, just sit with me for a moment. Imagine during meditation that you visualize when you breathe in, you are actually inhaling the pain of others. Now, I know so many people who, when they think about meditation or breathing or even visual imagery in any way, they say, don't, don't take on the pain of others because that's not good. Uh, you don't want to bring that. I had, I had a woman tell me about this one time. She read my book and she said, uh, you don't want that juju on you. And I said, listen, <laughs> I really do because here's what I do. When I, when I breathe in the pain of others, I visualize that it's not just my human self, but that divinity that's within all of us, no matter what your religious beliefs are, whatever your theology is. I mean, you can take it from even from Christianity. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within that divinity within us. So anyway, if you picture that as you breathe in the pain of others, that divine source within you, kind of heals it and transforms it. It transmutes it. It changes it. So now it's not pain, but it becomes a healing balm, something that is very healing, a a healing source and energy. And so when you breathe back out, when you exhale, you imagine sending healing energy back to those who are suffering or struggling. Now, Tonglin is uh, it's a traditional Buddhist meditation, I'll be honest, but the, whether you believe or buy into that philosophy or not is inconsequential. What matters is that you visualize, you as, a, as an individual, you visualize someone who's suffering, you breathe in their pain, and as you breathe back out the, the, whatever your breath is, it's healing energy back toward them. Now imagine this, now imagine if you do this meditation and you do this over time, imagine how it might transform you. You see, what Roy brought up a moment ago on the call previously is something so powerful, it's so true, and that's this. If you're focusing on other people, it actually lessens the emotional pain that you're struggling with. Here's why. This is black and white. again. I started counseling in the mid 90s so I'm 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 an older guy I'm 46 I'm 46 I'm a young guy I'm 46 years old but I've been in my field for a long time 20 some years and what I've seen is this when I've started out we didn't have the neurological evidence that we have today so you see here's what happens when People are thinking of their own pain. That's you, that's me, and we all do it. It's It's called being a human being. When we think of our own pain, we also have the emotional attachment to it. So we can't experience our lives separately from our emotions. So when we experience these emotions, we are suffering. But when we start to think of others, and just hear that word I just said, think of others, not emote of others. When we think of others, we're in our higher level frontal cortex. We're in our higher level uh, thinking center that was called the frontal cortex. We're in a different area of our brain. So not only metaphysically, not only on some philosophical level, but actually on a very neurological, pragmatic level, when you're thinking of yourself, you're suffering because you're in your emotional center. But when you're thinking of others, You move out of that emotions and into your thinking center. The meditation, Tong Lin, is beautiful. It's this concept of breathing in the pain of others and breathing back healing energy toward them. I've done this meditation for a long time. I did it um, for seven years straight in something that I call Seven Breaths. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm just going to throw it out there. Why not? Let me share, share it with you. I, I talk about it in my book, Walking Through Anger, but I remember telling my wife and daughter I wasn't going to publish it until I had done it every day for seven years. I do it every day of my life. And here's what seven breaths are. I visualize the first breath. I'm healing in. I breathe in the, the, my, my, my immediate family. I breathe in any of their pain and breathe back healing energy to them. And when I watch it, stick with me. The next breath is for the land that I live on, whether you call it country or continent or whatever. That I breathe in the land and then breathe back healing energy to all living beings in it. And then I do it for the earth. And then I do it for the galaxy and the surrounding galaxies and the entire universe. Um, uh, and then I do it for all dimensions, all time. And right now, you might be listening and saying, this guy's losing me, man. He's going way out there. But here's the piece. If the divine being can see all things from all walks of time simultaneously, simultaneously, then I want to join in with that. I want to kind of connect or tap into that divinity. Because when we tap into that divinity, and we tap into seeing or even attempting to see the world the way the divine being, whether you call him God or whether you call him, her, or whatever you call, when we tap into that divinity, my goodness, it's transformative. Look, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. And I would love for you to talk if you want to. 866-391-1020 is the number. More than anything, I'm trying to bring the world peace in any way that I can. And there's more coming up on Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Man, this sounds like a thing I can learn on the guitar This intro music. (laughs) Well, welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. For those of you who don't know much about my background, I'm not musically inclined, but my wife and I have this phenomenally talented daughter who can sing and play music. She she just awes us all the time. And when she started getting into guitar, I said, Well, listen, I want to just be around her her whole life. So I started getting into guitar and now I'm infatuated with learning. I practice every day. I'm not good, but I love it. I definitely enjoy it. When I hear the intro music, sometimes I get excited and I think, oh, I would love to play that. I actually took out the music last week. At the end, I played a little guitar on the way, <laughs> on the way out. Ben, the producer, is awesome. He's like, go ahead, go, ahead, go for it. <laughs> so I got to play a little on the way out. So listen, if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. I'd love to hear from you. A lot of people are struggling all over the world right now. I'm going to read a question from Susie in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Uh, Susie writes, I hear so many conflicting messages every day on what we should be telling our kids. I have three kids, four, eight, and 11, and I don't know what I should tell them. They seem fine most days, but sometimes it feels like they can pick up on the tension my husband and I have. We're both not working right now. And even though I normally just have a part-time job, it's very hard on us not having that extra money. Any help on how I can talk to our kids about all this stuff would really help. Thank you, Susie. Susie, thank you for your question. Um, uh, listen, this is a powerful question. I don't, you're not alone. You are not alone. There are a lot of parents out there who are wondering how do we talk to our kids? What do we what do we talk to our kids about? But listen, first, I, I, just as I read that question i got to be honest, the first thing that jumps out to me is that you honestly have a ton going on. Uh, and I know that everybody does, but as I was trying to express to a caller earlier, um, your stresses are stresses to you. So let look, the reality is stress is normal. And yes, yes, uh, I, 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 I'm telling you, your children, you're right. They can pick up on the tension that you and your husband have But also it's okay to have that tension. Like it's okay. There are moments. It's a tough time. And sometimes just acknowledging, hey, listen, we're going, we have some tension in this moment. And so it's there's a way to say it. Obviously with kids that young, four, eight, and eleven, you don't need to share everything. But it's okay to say, Hey, listen, mommy and daddy, sometimes we're gonna have disagreements. That's okay. We're just that's a part of life. Just like you and your, your your brothers and sisters, if you have boys and girls, I don't think it says boys or girls, but if you have boys and girls, like you might say, listen, your brothers and sisters, you guys might disagree sometimes, but you still love each other. You just sometimes, you're going to disagree and that's okay, but sometimes it's better just to talk it out and let people know where you stand and it doesn't always feel good. But the truth is there will always be a beginning, middle, and end to every single situation. But let me get to your question. So your question is, how do we talk about this? See, I think this is this is something that has been, we've gotten a lot, a lot of questions about this. How do we talk to our kids, let's say about COVID, but the truth is quarantine or really any other big life event. And I'm going to give you my best in this moment right here, right now, Susie. Here's what I would say. So imagine you sit with your children and they're, they're let's say they're sitting on a couch in front of you and you're sitting across from them and you put a box. Maybe it's a shoe box. Just grab a shoe box. Put that in front of the two of, put that between you and your children. And now here's one way you can talk about this experience. You can say, so we have this quarantine going on and there are lots of different perspectives on it. One perspective is people were saying, Hey, let's get back out there. I'm ready to get back out there. Another side of the box, people are saying, no, let's stay inside, let's stay safe. There's another side of the box where, what are you saying? And maybe point to the side that's closest to them. Tell me what your side, what are you experiencing? And let them say whatever they want to say. And then, and this is important, Susie, maybe you point to that fourth side of the box. And you say, you know, kids, I, there's a part over here I don't really even have all the answers. There's some perspectives that I don't know yet. And that's okay. Because in life, everything that happens is going to have multiple perspectives. There are going to be multiple ways to look at everything you go through. Susie, the reason why I wish I could reach into your heart and have you actually do this exercise is this. You not only would be teaching your children about this current situation, but you would give them a model of decision-making that would stick with them for the rest of their lives. Imagine if your children, their entire lives, whenever they encounter a tough situation, don't first immediately jump to saying that their side is the definitive, end-all, be-all, but instead when they encounter a problem they realize that yeah whatever they're seeing is real to them and it affects them but there are also other sides and some of those other sides are perspectives they simply can't see yet but just because we can't see a perspective doesn't mean we should put it down doesn't mean we should belittle it or condescend to it no instead what if we just honored the fact that yeah there's perspectives that we don't quite know There's a leader I admire a ton. This guy's a phenomenal leader. I've actually had him on on my show before. Secretary John Wetzel is one of my favorite people on the planet. He's a great leader. He's just very good at leading others. He leads an enormous organization, the entire Department of Corrections for the State of Pennsylvania. But sometimes when he makes a decision and I look at it, my first immediate thought is this. I kind of would love to learn what he's seeing because I'm absolutely aware that he's seeing sides that I simply don't see. And so whenever there's a decision made, the first thought I have is, man, that'd be really cool to kind of see things from his perspective. And, and, And truly, when we lead with curiosity, when we lead with humility, we say, teach me about that other side. And why not start teaching that to our children now? Four, eight, and 11, I love it. I actually came up with the idea of the box when my daughter was five years old. So we've been talking about the box, at least in our family. Um, she's 14 now, so for a long time, almost 10 years. She's about to be 15 soon, I'm excited about that. Um, yes, yeah, so almost 10 years we've been talking about it. So I don't think your four-year-old is too young. I know your eight and 11-year-old are ready for it. It's teaching them that whatever they're seeing, Their perspective is beautiful and valid. It's not the definitive perspective on life. And so there are multiple sides. What this does is it teaches our children not to grow so attached to their egos that they can't see outside of that. To me, that lesson is more powerful than the exact words you say, because the truth is whatever words you say, whatever you say, Susie, it's one side of the box. And that's okay. It's, it's great. It's human. I say that with my own daughter. Like, I, I would love for my perspective to be a perspective that she really buys into when that means a lot to me. But what I always hold in my foreground is it's just a perspective. And what matters more is that she learns. That there are multiple ways to view every situation and I think this could be a really really powerful lesson to give our children and I want want to take this to another level tonight listen I I just want to give you all my best so I'm gonna take this to another level so Susie here's what I want to push you for if you were to talk about the different sides of the box but when you come to that side that you just can't see the answer for if your words are, you know what, I, um, uh, something like, um, you know, look, there are probably valid points on this other side too, but I can't see those. It's your tone of voice. So if you're like, ah, I'm sure there's another side, but whatever that is, whatever those idiots think, <laughs> well, that's going to be a whole different ball game. But if you genuinely lead with humility and curiosity, then I believe that not only are you role modeling that for your children, but you're outright teaching it to them. And then it will be just beautiful to sit back and watch when things happen, even amongst them, amongst the three of them, when something happens in their first move. And it might take six months, a year, two years, five years. But at some point, when you continuously teach this lesson, at some point, your children are look at each other and say, you know what? That was just my perspective. I know you had a side in this too, and that's not only mature, it's powerful but I want to tell you something else it's psychologically healthy that's what it is because the truth is there are multiple perspectives to every situation and what a beautiful time Susie for you to teach it to your children my heart goes out to you because yes it's hard it's hard listen you don't even have to just, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate, oh listen, it's, I know it's normally a part-time job, but to you, that's life, that's real, that is your life. And again, I'm saying this, and I'm saying this over and over again tonight because it's important, but it's also something from my side of the box that I see, and that is, yes, there are people struggling all over planet Earth right now, but that doesn't lessen your struggles. My wife teaches this in a really beautiful way. Um, uh, Years ago, I'd be like, listen, I'm so tired. We'd talk about who was tired more. And one, day, <laughs> and one day she said to me, you being tired or not tired has absolutely <laughs> no bearing on my fatigue right now. Like, I'm tired. Like, it doesn't really, if other people are tired or not, like, I'm tired. And it was said in such a lighthearted way that it kind of really brought enlightenment to say, yeah, just because it doesn't matter how tired you are. If I'm tired, I'm tired. If I'm sad, I'm sad. If I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And the same is true with you. And yeah, there are lots of people who are struggling, but if you're struggling, it matters. It matters to you. And hey, it matters to me. And if you want to talk to me, there's still time. 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's Emotional Management. I want to get to the questions. Uh, Frankie in Raleigh, North Carolina. Frankie in Raleigh, North Carolina, I've been watching your YouTube videos for the past two months, and they are helping me a lot. I find that I don't yell at my daughter anymore. Instead, I just tell her what consequences are without being emotional. She seems to take more responsibility, and our relationship has been better. Uh, She really has made changes, but Friday we had a big setback, and I really hope you can answer this question. My husband and I are getting divorced, and we currently live separately from each other. Our daughter, Mara, is 14, and she's been staying with me through this quarantine uh, primarily. She even seems happier than she's been in a long time. But Friday, I found out that she hasn't been doing her math assignments. And when I asked her about it, she screamed that she wanted me to go back with... Wait, I'm so sorry. And when I asked her about it, she screamed that she wanted to go back with her dad and that she can't stand living with me. I feel so frustrated because I thought we were past this now. I also reverted to my old ways and yelled, if I'm being honest. I don't want to go back to how we were. I don't know what to do. Please help. Thank you, and God bless. Frankie, thank you so much for your question. Uh, powerful question, for sure. Um, I imagine the tension's high. Uh, your daughter, Mara, 14, um, you find out that she's not doing her math assignments. And now when you ask her about it, she screams she wants to go back. So there's a couple of things in this email that stand out to me. The first one, I want to acknowledge that you're seeing that she's growing. In other words, you're seeing she has been making some changes. And here's the deal. When people, especially our children, tend to grow, We often jump into, if you follow my teachings that you understand what I mean by this, the cartoon world, we tend to jump in our cartoons worlds and then tell ourselves that, well, they have it now, so they're never going to go back. (laughs) But here's the truth. Growth is often two steps forward and one step back. And come on now, she's 14. Frankie, you know this. I know you're going through a lot. I know you're going through a lot with all this. Obviously, things are are, in, are tense right now. But she's 14 and at 14 she's going to operate out of her limbic system. So what happens? You catch her in the the reality that she hasn't been turning in work. doing she hasn't been doing her math assignments. So you you find out about this and you call her on it. So what do we expect a normal reaction from a 14-year-old. They're going to try to get out of being in trouble. And what's one way to get out of being in trouble? What's your fault? Let me scream, let me yell, let me make a fuss because if I scream and I yell and I make a fuss, you'll be distracted by all of that and you won't come back to the reality that, um, and especially if I make it about you and dad and getting divorced now, we don't have to talk about that I didn't turn in my math work. And so, and I get, and listen, and I also want to kind of acknowledge this part. I hear you say, I also reverted to my old ways and yelled if I'm being honest. First of all, thank you for being honest because you know, if you follow any of my work, I have zero judgment for human beings. I have no judgment on it. We're, we're human. Like I, I really buy into the idea that if human beings do it, they do it because they're human beings. And so I kind of look at it as a scientist and step back and say, okay, well, so it makes sense. You broke the behavioral pattern of yelling at her. And I'm so thankful to hear that some of my videos were helpful in that um, because I really don't believe we need to be yelling at our children. I think we need to just teach them. Um, But then the other piece is this. So I like that you're honest and you're saying, I reverted and I yelled, but here's what happened. When you yelled again, now you got caught up in it. But more than that, you almost fell into the, well, no, maybe let's just forget almost. You fell into the trap of she screams, you scream, and now the focus is about the screaming and I'm so sorry I screamed and my goodness we have now moved miles away from the fact that she didn't turn in her math homework. You see, the lesson is when math homework is due, you got to do the math homework and if you choose not to do it, there's a consequence, whatever that is. And if you don't like it, and you want to scream and dance and do whatever you want to do, that's that's fine. You can scream and dance and do whatever you want to do, but there's still a consequence. And when you, it sounds like you took that personally and you started to get mad with her. And But that's because you fell kind of into that trap of if I get you upset. Now, look, I think one of the most effective things we can do is take a breath, pause, step back. Let's look at it again. Come back to her and say, look, honey, look, we, we you're right. We got out of hand here a little bit. You're right. I screamed, you screamed, you're right. But let's come back to this. At the end of the day, you had a homework assignment due, and you chose not to do it while you told me that it was being done. And so uh, people learn about you what you teach them. In other words, we're teaching people how to treat us all the time, and right now you're teaching me that when you say something is done, that I can't believe it. And it doesn't mean I don't believe you. It doesn't mean I think you're dishonest. It It just means that around this particular topic, let's say specifically even just math, but I'm not sure I can buy in fully when you say you did it. So what do we need to do? We need to find a way to communicate more effectively. And here's what I need from you, Mara. I need you to understand that, look, it's tough sometimes when we have to accept responsibility for what we've done. It sucks. But the truth is when we don't accept responsibility, we just push off the pain longer and longer and longer. So it actually makes it all go through sooner. When we can accept it and move through it because ultimately every single emotional experience all of us ever have will have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Just like this show did. We had a beginning, we had a middle, and now we're down to the end. Thank you so much to everyone who listens all over the world. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you for tuning in to my YouTube channel, my website, and everything. More than anything with my career, what I hope to do is bring the world peace. So Thank you for listening to Emotional Management on KDK Radio. And as always, I wish you much peace.